0: love talk radio here at aco radio american communications online or any affiliated stations or websites are not responsible for what guests hosts or call-ins may say all programming is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only
1: Morris, formerly T. J. Thurman Morris or Teresa J. Thurman Morris. I'm real excited to be here. So welcome, all you ground troops spinning around smartly on the planet. We're going to do something different tonight. <clears throat> we're appearing on a Tuesday. We do have a seven-day-a-week, 24/7, and we have lots of radio shows around the world on various topics. But we're going to do a self-help tonight and uh, get to know someone that is new. In my life, but apparently not new on the planet, his name is David L. Rivera. And I am excited to talk to him tonight because he, during this time in life, has figured out a way to support himself and his wife, and we'll find out who else, uh, in this lifetime on the planet. And uh, in this time, when we're doing COVID-19, staying home, et cetera, et cetera, We are interested in how we can help other people survive. Now, whether this is going to help us survive or not, only you will be able to tell me, but I know that I've got a lot of friends in high places and low places. (laughs) We're going to do our best to entertain you somewhat tonight, but I do have him on live talk shows on tjmarsradio.com if anybody's interested in assisting us in the future we're going to see how meeting a new human on earth in the year 2020 will help others because i'm all about doing my part and so is david from what i understand i did get a chance to speak to him briefly about a week ago and verify today on linkedin that he would be here let me tell you a little bit about him david l rivera is a professional entrepreneur he is a friend of mine on LinkedIn, and his services provided are writing, editing, copywriting, and assisting small businesses and entrepreneurs for his own home at his location in Newport News, Virginia. Now he has uh, used his computers and cell phones to make a living, and I imagine just landline phones. So he says he's got a good sense of humor. So we'll see, but. Uh, right now, I know that uh, it, he's done this r- roughly 30 years or more, and uh, I'd like to get to know him, where he was born, where he grew up, if he's always lived in the States or been abroad, and uh, what kind of uh, life he's had, and uh, trust that you guys will support us in getting to know others as we build our ACO Association, ACO for Ascension Center Organization, but also my company called American communications online, so I'm just starting to get out myself after losing my husband and then my daughter, and David's had an interesting occurrence where his house caught fire recently in this time, uh, roughly February of 2020, and then lo and behold, COVID-19 comes along, so he's had a lot of plates to spin in the air like me, so I found that curious, and so, uh, you know, just the fact that he's taking some time to come and help us build our ACO association with all my friends and the community I'm doing my best to build in cyberspace is a great thing. And hopefully, uh, you guys can get in touch with him and uh, throw some business his way, too. But let's see as uh, we do this new weekly live talk shows. This is on self help. So let's hope we can self help. But let me get David on here and let him introduce himself. David L. Rivera, is this you? I hope this is me,
0: yeah, all right,
1: finally, we get to do this properly now, David, tell Certainly. us where you were born and if you are proud to be an American.
0: I was born in Tucson, Arizona, and yes, I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> well, good, That's that was the easy. icebreaker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Now, would you we tell me go? a little about yourself? I want to know what it was like growing up in America because I have a lot of friends that listen to me in the Emirates and uh, India and Australia and the UK. But most of them listen to me about things that they're used to hearing me talk about and spirituality and paranormal and psychic type stuff. So, I, I am an entrepreneur and I did pay thousands of dollars to learn to be an entrepreneur with building businesses and businesses around the world and took one pub almost public. I took it up to bridge. But having investors, things like that, is a little different than doing a home business, I understand, from you. So let's start with how you grew up roughly up to about age twelve and then what and on into senior what you did in your high school years because we're always our minds like to sort of know who we're really doing business with. It gives us a good feeling like Howard Buffett, you know, <laughs> making money with Howard Buffett. So uh, I support uh, Jeff Bezos with my own books on American communications online and also our Lulu and Timely Manor books and Amazon. But uh, I also support Bill Gates because they use his Microsoft products. So I want to get to know you not just as a person but also later on in your uh getting to know you, this is your life kind of recording is to what kind of tools you use. But uh, start with your life. So people, even with your company, you know, you can always say, i ah, got to listen to the tape on my domain or on my website. <laughs> but uh, start out, if you don't mind, with uh, you know, who are your parents? And are you from Scottish or English or German descent, that kind of genealogy stuff?
0: Well... Uh, First of all, I grew up in in Tucson, uh, which is purely nothing but desert. So uh, I learned a lot about, you know, the the makeup of the desert, the animals, the critters, and, you know, and uh, so it's a different from being, you know, more in the metropolis, uh, you know, the big city. You learn to deal with the the wildlife because in the desert, eh, it pretty much keeps you company. So there are those things like scorpions and black widows and all kinds of cactus that can jump out and grab you in a hurry. And you learn pretty quickly what to stay away from. And uh, you don't see much rain. Uh, That was the other thing about when I did move to uh, New Hampshire and Virginia, where I live now, I'm used to rain now, but before in Tucson... A humid day was any time the humidity got above 30%. Here in Virginia, people go, 30% to them is like, it's a matter of how you feel, where you live, that kind of makes that difference. So, yeah, I've had to adapt to the environment more so than anything else, moving from desert to desert and then into, because I lived 10 years in, in, in Denver, Colorado, which is an altitude change but it's still the edge of the desert, despite the fact that it gets a lot of snow. So there was a difference. And I learned throughout my life that, you know, I pretty much managed to adapt to the environments as I moved from one to the other. Um, my parents were divorced at a very early age. So I never knew my father growing up until I was in my 20s. Uh, I finally reached out and found him and. He uh, lived. He was alive for about another 14 months before he uh, had passed away. So at least I had the opportunity to find out, you know, uh, a small glimpse of his life. And uh, he was just pretty much a, a normal working guy, as as anybody else. Uh, he worked for Conoco. He was a truck driver and. Uh, I have like five other half brothers and sisters because he remarried and that was pretty much that. And we never knew, you know, I never knew the other half of my family, if you will, until, you know, just shortly before he passed away. And then after that, uh, we kind of went our separate ways because to them it was like, oh, the bigger half brother we never knew. And they were happy, you know, without, you know, knowing not who I was to start with. So it was just easy enough for them to pretty much walk away. Um, From there, uh, I was married once. I had a first wife. Um, We separated and divorced Uh, about three and a half years after. We had one son. And for two and a half years, I was a single parent. And growing up, one of the two things that I did the most was write and bowl. My bowling developed more quickly than my writing skills did. Uh, I eventually joined the PBA in 1976, went on tour until 1983, which was about the same time that my first wife and I went through a divorce. I had to make a decision. Could I really be a single parent and be be on the tour in, you know, in the early 1980s? And the answer was no. So I uh, retired from the PBA in 1983. And after that, I remarried about two and a half years later to my second and current wife, now of 34 years. And I went back to school, back to college, and took technical writing and editing, and quickly went into that realm of expertise. Uh, I started off, first of all, in in, uh, dealing with uh, the medical field. And as time went on, I expanded that into just about every other thing Uh, based on my electronics experience. Uh, I also was in the Society for Quality for nearly 20 years as well. So that took me into another direction and opened up more avenues of resource. So I I ended up with a very well-rounded area. I got into entertainment as well as education. One thing just kept leading to another before I had a a fairly easy time being able to move, you know, through industries as seamlessly as, as if it were air. So that pretty much brings us to where I am now, which is, uh, being, ba- ba- being a home-based entrepreneur uh, and have been so, you know, I've been writing now for almost a better part of 30 years. And I look for people with creativity in what they do in their jobs and in their lives. That becomes the, the common and binding part of what I do and how I do it for people.
1: Okay, I'm un- I'm unmuting. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I've got up here writing money at home business or writing money at home business. David L. Rivera. I've got ACO Professional Association, folks, because I'm building a community of professionals, and I've got a lot of friends that are in social media, uh, thousands as a matter of fact, and I have quite a few uh, different places I share social media. But I asked for David's help because building a community is not easy. And in uh, what I've learned in my past doing the type of work I did, I was in high school and was a musician and married to a musician, and he worked at NASA during the day. So I got to be around astronauts and engineers. And even one of my last jobs with the government, I was working at uh, Hawaii, naval, it was called PacNav FACNJCOM, <laughs> which is the Pacific Naval facility engineering command and uh but then after that i moved well it was the same location personnel information security so i learned how dry and humorous most of my life my husband and his father and my uh my dad was accountant in math so i was around accountants engineers and my mother worked for geospace so i've learned uh how to grow up but i i was mostly into i was tall and thin and people always carrying on about my looks. so my mother put me in modeling, and then I was a spinneret for the Houston, uh, uh, city of Houston, I was ambassador of goodwill, twirled the times and did pretty photoshop, and photos, and things like that, and my mother was a writer, so I find it curious now, that I'm looking to grow a professional association, that's recognized, but I do have Dun & Bradstreet number, and uh, for American Communications Online, and it was my T.J. Marsh ACIR, so As I'm rebuilding my company, again, uh, after retiring, David and I are – I'll just say we're over 60. (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, That'd be nice, but we we look relatively young. But I would like to take us into the realm of uh, today's time with COVID-19 environment just to let you know – you know, I uh, he comes from a writing background. My mother was a writer, and then my husband was, and I did publish some books, and I inherited my companies. My mother and her mother worked for printing, publishing, but uh, textbook types. And I'm not very technical, although I worked in engineering, and I had to learn how to do course and scope and manuals and writing for the government. I read a lot more manuals than I actually worked on, but I feel like there's something here we can all do together now. And uh, David has been doing it for quite some time. So I thought we'd go ahead and see how best David could help all of us. Uh, if you want to join us in social media, that's always free on Facebook and uh, LinkedIn, where David and I met. But, David, go ahead. Now, your LinkedIn, is yours under David L. Rivera or David Rivera, or is it ed- Editorial Documents, your company name? How do you list on on the, well, both of them, Facebook and LinkedIn. Let's get that established.
2: So, uh, Facebook,
0: I, I have kept primarily for family and friends. Um, there, I, I had some writing friends because, again, uh, there's a large community of people on Facebook. And I had a few of them who were writers. And they just bombarded everybody with, you know, buy my books, buy my books, buy my books. And I thought, you know, this really isn't what I want to have happen on my Facebook. So there are some that are still, you know, friends only because it's not, oh, hey, I wrote a new book, buy it. They actually share some of their personality and they're more of a friend. And it's sort of a, a normal chat. Like I, you, you would sit down with somebody and say, oh, here's what I'm doing. Um Facebook not so much. LinkedIn is where being that professional community. Um I've started making contacts. So I've been on LinkedIn since 2006. And they LinkedIn had a major overhaul where they redid basically their their groups and things of that nature. And uh and that was in 2015. And it wasn't really until 2017 that, you know, it, it occurred to me, I've been on here and I really haven't made use of it. It's a it's a terrific resource. So I went from about 100 or so uh, connections, and right now I'm sitting at 11,934 connections. So... I sat down, did my homework, and started making connections. And it has started to pay off tremendously in that regard where people come to me. They want to know what I do, how I do it. And there are those who say, oh, can you do this for me? And the answer is typically yes. But every once in a while, there's a few no's that that sneak in there. Um, Just because sometimes somebody gets a a little silly about what they want to have done. And I'm going, I don't think so
1: well now i've noticed some of your clients on your uh domain uh i grew up with uh the internet like most people did but fortunately for me i was working for the government so i got to watch it grow from the government over to net solutions which i think you and i talked about and then uh of course ray Kurzweil went from darpa into google and you know he's the big guy that we used to watch on ed sullivan but Ray Kurzweil has been a big instrumental help with a lot of people and uh, changing the way we use Google, including he's written some ways to make uh, us answer each other without having to type so many words, which I noticed with you the other day, even on LinkedIn. So it's getting to be a cool thing. So as the Internet and the cyberspace community grows, uh, I do feel like if you're going to own a business, you should own a, a domain or at least have a a home for your business, we used to call and that's called you buy your domain and you can get it for a year, 10, 25 years. Usually, just most people buy them a year, maybe two, maybe three. We like to see you do it five, but I used one TJ for media for five years and didn't really use it because I didn't like the word media. Now, some I wish I hadn't given it up like an idiot because it's still my <laughs> TJ name, and now some porno group or something has it over in China. So I learned my lesson only recently, folks. If you've got a, a name that's involved with your business, don't give it up. So you've had the same name, Industrial Documents. Now, what made you choose that back in the day? Did you know from bowling? I think you went you went back to school to learn to do technical writing. But what made you choose that name? And explain it. So uh, is it working for you, uh, or do you have to explain it like with me? Because when I saw industrial documents, I immediately went back to my government, you know, my, the pictures in my mind and writing tech manuals. But just give us an idea of why you chose that and how it's worked for you, if you don't mind.
0: Well, again, the the industrial side was is that, yes, because I work industrially at that point in time doing just that, technical documentation. So it seemed a, a good marriage because that's what I was doing primarily. And then, of course, as the market changed, I started doing more fiction, more nonfiction that isn't always necessarily uh, a technical manual. Where I sometimes would have to team up with somebody like a graphics guy, who uh, does all the graphics. In other words, well, you know, you see these fancy pictures of, uh, you know, a car that's literally taken apart piece by piece type of thing, as you know we sometimes see. So it depends upon what they were doing and how they were doing it that you know I sometimes would rely on you know shall I say the more graphically oriented people who in technical writing and editing you know are, you know take pictures and expand them, take them apart, whatever, and my job would oftentimes be having to deal with the explaining the technical terminology oftentimes uh, how to write procedures and things of that nature so. Industrial documents seemed uh, a good marriage, and of course, the inside of you know documents is pretty self-explanatory.
1: Well, now that you're home, uh, working all the time, have you considered using another type of domain name? Because I know you do domains, and I do too. I was talking to you about SSLs too that were supplied, but you know, I, I do a reseller, but you know what i do we can get into putting our resources together to help people in the future i hope as a professional organization from home because i believe that that's only going to grow we can talk about that today because i've got the topic is writing money at home business or a home maybe i'll put writing money a home business but i don't know you 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 know a lot of tricks of the trade but writing money it's not like we're counterfeiters folks <laughs> I <No. laughs> wanted to get something up there that was like uh, to catch your, your view because I'm so uh, – I have a lot of followers in niche genres, which I definitely recommend if you're into you know hobbies or ancient culture, new thought teachings, and I'm into metaphysics and have a lot of those friends. But uh, also, this should bring in, David, people – like you said, you don't want just only book writers that just want to – They've written their book by my book by my book because I did have a barrage of those back about 2005 and six, And they finally calmed down. But I learned because of the niche genres I were in that people like to discuss ancient cultures or the history channel or the doc, uh, docu, documentaries or just uh, come on the show and uh, talk story with me about various topics. So uh, this is hard for me today doing self help only. So I'm grasping for your help here. Writing money at home. How would people think of you if we put you in this professional association? I've got you over on a page called Live Talk Shows right now because you're my first. Okay. So literally, okay. folks, I've been doing this eight years, but I'm gra- I'm really grasping for help here because I'm not used to doing a self-help show in a different place at Blog Talk Radio so uh, self help and how you make money at home uh, as a business, but David, you're obviously not starving to death. So, uh, and I know that everything's changed, but tell us how would people write? Because most of us has learned have learned with uh, computers. It comes loaded usually with Windows 10 nowadays, uh, and I use Androids because I was a type jockey. But a lot of people my My relatives and my grandchildren, a lot of them like apples, but then when I used to have my own retail store and sold phones, I learned a lot of people would come back and trade in their apples for an Android, and it was just Android seemed easier to use, but a lot of people in graphic design, they want apples, so I don't know what all you know or how you want to get into this, but I'm going to let you figure out how to make money and with what,
0: so go for it, tell us.
1: What do you think?
0: Well, as far as cell phones are concerned, I think it's a matter in part of what seems to fit individuals. Like you say, some people like Apple, others like Androids. I, particular, tend to enjoy and use uh, the Android because, yes, I do find it to be easier and oftentimes quicker for me to do most things on there. Um, but. I primarily use a computer in my work and you know, my cell phone is just that for the most part, it's, it's a phone more so than anything else. Um, I don't, you know, uh, other than I keep photographs on it from time to time where I take something that, Oh, that's interesting. I can use that on a project and, you know, snap a picture or two or three and I've got what I need and it's, you know, just as easy then to download it to my computer. But for the most part, um, i was in the process of taking everything off uh one of my computers which was running windows 7 because uh it's no longer being supported by windows so i was moving everything over to my other computer which was uh an 8 or 8.1 whatever when a fire, the house fire decided to help me in a hurry and melted both my computers, so <laughs> I had nothing so now I'm being forced into having to learn uh Windows Ten in a heartbeat, literally overnight. Fortunately, it's not too far different from you know the seven or the eight uh, but there's it's got newer features and other things that I just haven't found yet. So I'm still growing into my in, into my Windows 10.
1: Well, uh, yeah, things have changed a lot, and now they're getting where the phones are an extension of ourselves. And the people that are running their businesses, I've watched them for years run it from their phones. And now that I'm going back into business to help other people, basically with their own businesses from home, and creating a professional association of people I can trust to refer business to, it's daunting to say the least because so much has changed, and it seems like uh, these advertisers, even on my phone, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to protect and download. But, you know, I've got it protected on my computers pretty much, and Google's pretty good about not messing with you too much. But uh, <laughs> let's start with, well, me, have a laptop and a cell phone. And then they want to grow their business. Now, have you, you, you have made a living, you want to mention any kind of jobs you've had from your home or what kind of, did you advertise in the local newspaper to get started? Let's get down to, okay, people that have a laptop and a cell phone maybe at home. Uh, I work with musicians and authors and consultants and event planners, uh, very few that are working at a paid job most of these people are already at home or entrepreneurs or over sixty five or they just want part time money. But what kind of mm-hmm. client do you
0: get from your home in Newport? New Um I get in a sense I get a wide variety of, of clients. Most of them um again come from just about every every walk and direction, if you will, as far as you know, how do I do this or how do I do that? And the questions really come from each individual. Um, and the first thing that I tell tell any of them, if, if they're a writer, the first thing they really have to know is, is what are you going to do? Are you going to self-publish anymore? Or are you still going to go with a traditional book publisher? And from there, depending upon which answer they give me, well you know I'll give them what information they need to know but in today's market anymore when it deals with writing in particular you have to still get your story your book professionally edited from somebody who does editing for a living now typically you know There is the other thing called a style guide, and this is what every book publisher uses. And every book publisher pretty much kind of writes their own style guide. And a style guide is nothing more than a set of rules by which they edit and publish a book. And since no two publishers are exactly the same because they print books based upon the clientele or the the subject matter, genre, if you will, that works best. And oftentimes, book publishers are looking for authors who pretty much tell stories in the manner to which they're familiar with, again, even within within certain genres. So book publishers are very nitpicky to a certain extent when they're looking for somebody. So oftentimes, my first question, and if you're looking for an editor, the first question that editor better ask you is, if you're going to use a traditional book publisher, who are you looking to send your, your manuscript to? Because it's going to make a whole lot of difference. This is where people get, shall I say, disillusioned. Oh, I had some guy, you know, edit this book for, you know, whatever. Uh, Chicago Manual uh, Style Guide and all of that. and But that's not what that particular publisher wants. In other words, the better off... And I, your 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 product is is edited, the better your chances of getting accepted by that particular book publisher. Know, in other words, know your book publisher. What is their style guide? And oftentimes, most of them are a little bit stingy. They don't want you know that information getting out because there are other book publishers who. Are pretty anxious sometimes to know what their competitors are using as far as the style guide is concerned and they have no problem trying to mimic it and match you up and take customers away from you so it's still a dog-eat-dog world in the book publishing industry not everybody is willing to share that style guide information now a good editor will know those folks and oftentimes they'll share it and I've had some of the big publishers nowadays, and fortunately it's gotten easier because uh, this outfit, LinkedIn. A lot of these editors from all of these different big publishing houses, it's all the way down to the smaller ones. Once they see who you are and they can see you out on LinkedIn, uh, then they can pretty much say, yeah, I think I can trust this person and, and give them a little heads up and say okay, especially if you've got a story or a client that's got a story that will fit them. And I use the also the analogy like a lock and a key. The more your book or your story fits that publisher like a key, you have a better chance of unlocking them and getting your story published. Self, you know, uh, self-publishing is a slightly different story. You, you really still need to do one thing: be a good storyteller. But then in the end, you're the one that's going to have to go out and do all of the promoting. You wear so many hats. You're going to have to find the book publisher. You're going to have to find the distributor, which, you know, and, and, and do all that legwork that traditionally a, a book publisher would do for you.
1: Yeah, I worked back in the day when after working for the government and drove a big truck, I got to go around to a lot of publishers and distributors, and they were really concerned because – it was the late 80s, early 90s, and people were about trees and not killing trees, and it was hurting all the book publishers. But then I went through the time in the late 90s, 98, 2003, where, oh, man, so many of the magazine newspapers had gone under, and we didn't know if there was going to be anything like newspapers and magazines anymore. And lo and behold, when I was learning to be a publisher myself, I got off the road, and I had to at least do 12. There was all a lightning source and all kind of different in between they weren't vanity press and they weren't rock major publishing companies and there was already a morris publishing doing recipes so i became tj morris publishing but when i was driving a big truck and go and pick up these things they were always this concern they were laying off people it didn't matter whether it was the rolls of paper or the ones going to the magazines or the printers i even worked in a printing company was a catcher and i learned to bind books and I learned everything about printing you could possibly imagine and from business cards to the font styles to putting the books together, you know, the type and the weight and everything you can imagine detailed. Uh, the only thing, part I never did, and I, although I loved the artwork, you know, so I, but I do respect graphic artists. And uh, I got through the Amazon phase. I had just gone through uh, producing music and uh, music... I, as well, about the same time, Napster, and we had, oh, it was terrible, because we were all going to the internet with our music and our books, and I was both, I was a creator, so I wanted to create music and write music, but it got to be where once I put 85,000 in one project alone for my own personal music as a uh, songwriter, then... I got DVDs, started taking around Nashville, you can't get them played, you know? And I learned to even through, uh, I was produced them through the Sony company, one of its derivatives and distributors in Nashville. So I got on and learned about CD Baby and different, you know, I had to, if I read, if I sung something that somebody else owned, you know, you have to pay them the rights for the union, and same thing with the musicians. I was married to a married musician, so learned to respect intellectual property. But even after I did all that, I w- wound up watching who was it? Steve Jobs take it where the money, and you couldn't even get a dollar for your your songs, or ten dollars for ten on the side of a DVD, or see you know back then. So same thing with publishing. And then all of a sudden Jeff, Jeff Bezos comes in with Amazon. You know, here I am. I, I was always a day late and a dollar short, folks, with cyberspace business or the internet business worldwide, getting in on a decent level, thinking I was doing the right thing because that's what I wanted to do. But you can lose your shirt going, you know, from the money you think you're invested in a great thing, but it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game, right? But anyway, after uh, learning about, you know, how we were going to do it, it got down to, okay, I still want to make music. I can use cartoons on my computer at home, and I still want to write books, so I can use Amazon and they had Create Space and then they just recently in the last two or three years they went with Kindle and now I get foreigners talking to me. I can't understand just trying to self produce on Kindle. So I did learn though it's a good thing to try to sell your own books as a independent, which is what I am Working with now is a lot of independence because if you can get so many thousands, then you may get somebody interested. But just going direct to your, a big publisher, or the big publishers were upset. They felt like with Amazon, that's a long story. If you know the history about print-on-demand books, so you know we got where we didn't want to keep them in distributors' home um, on the shelves. It was too costly, and we didn't want to keep them in our garages anymore. And so, uh, I mean, there's a few people that still do. They're old timers. They'll usually be over 45 years old. But uh, most of the people today, they are putting their own ideas. And that's the trick, I think, is keeping you alive. Is about being alive and staying alive and finding something that you're creating. My dog, I'll have to go shut her up. But talk a little bit about, you know, what we can do, if you don't mind, or how you see you and me, because... We do have cell phones. we do have computers. We are working at home, and people can charge whatever they want. But give people an idea if with an association like ours of people that want to work from their homes, how do you see people coming together and networking? How does that help? Have you got any
0: ideas? Well, the biggest uh thing that happens is really is the internet, and there's just becoming more and more and more uh you know platforms. It started out with Facebook, you've got LinkedIn, uh oh gosh. <laughs> There's just more and more that are coming along every day because each one has something different. Um you've got Twitter and you know and so on where again it, you're limited in, in what each one of these you know services and platforms provide. And from there, it's just a matter of also what works for you or how you get something, you know, which platform, you know, tends to work the best for you. You've got Pinterest, you know, which is more graphics. It's more about pictures and things of that nature. And you go, oh, yeah, you know, there's some great ideas that, you know, that can be had there as well. And it just goes on and on and on of, you know, where you want to go. The best thing, again, is to pick one, settle in, learn about it, and see if it really suits what you're doing in terms of what product is it that you're creating and that you're trying to sell.
1: Well, you help people get their own – I believe we – how can I say this? Let me go back to my dying mother because she all she ever wanted to do was write, and she wrote for romance and things that were selling. And she was embarrassed about it. when let us kids look at it. Paranormal or modern romance. When I was a kid, I guess there were in her mind were close to being those tabloids that checkout counters or magazines. But you know, she she made a decent living. But she wrote for the newspaper in Texas monthly and would get special assignments, they called them back then. You may make $50, uh, 375 for one, but not much, you know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, nowadays, people are working from their home to help people get their stories. And my mother said, you are the author of your own life story. Now, how many people do you help get their stories out and how do they find you? Are you advertising locally on radio or TV or billboards or newspaper I, ads, or how do you advertise, or do you strictly use the internet?
0: I strictly use for the most part the internet, and primarily my website, as far as that goes, mainly uh, industrial documents. But I also co-chair a editing and writing class or workshop, I should say, uh, through a public library near me. And the group meets once a month, and from that group, you know, people come and go in and out of these groups, and from there, somebody will sit down and say, okay, fine. And I look at, you know, when the, the writing, we teach them, you know, we go through vocabulary, we go through structure, we go through, you know, just about everything. And out of that, People will come and say, well, how do I write a memoir? How do I write, you know, uh, young adult and science fiction and all of that? And one of the things that I keep telling them is it's still – it's all about story. You have to have a good story. You have to be able to carry – that reader, so that they want to turn to the next page, they finish one, they go to the next, and they go to the next, and they go to the next and it takes really very consistent storytelling. you don't want to wander off the reservation and go into something else, and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, where was I That's the end of you know uh, a good story sometimes. sometimes people want to say well how do i how do I write my memoir?" And there are better ways and there are worse ways to write uh, a memoir. I mean, it's your story. It's your life. You should know how you lived it for the most part. Here again becomes, uh, you know, what avenues do you go down as far as writing your story? But you still have to be one thing, a storyteller. And you have to be able to hold that reader's attention. One of the things I ask people, you know, I said, you you know who makes the best editors? And the answer is one thing, people who hate to read. Because if you can't hold the attention of somebody who hates to read, then you're probably not going to hold the interest of 90% of the readers anyway. So that's one of the things that makes me such a good editor. I hate to read. You have to capture my attention and then hold it. And it has to be done with a good story. Oftentimes, you know, people will put in pounds and pounds of fluff into their story and try and make it look pretty, sound pretty, whatever. But it gets cut from there and down to the bare bones in some cases. A publisher has to like your story enough to put time and effort into going through the rounds of editing to get a polished product. Before they take it to a printing company and then go out and distribute it to bookstores and whatever. And hopefully, you know, you're lucky, you know, if you sell, you know, be a blockbuster book. Well, always the same thing.
1: A real life experience of the author.
0: Now, as people
1: write uh, autobiography uh that's usually chronologically uh growing up i guess Uh, but there's no rules maybe i don't know it depends on the style maybe but i guess uh i was just always told writers write and just write every day because i didn't i I knew i was going to be a writer in the third grade and i wrote my first book in the third grade it was just paper folded in half we thought we were so creative me and my girlfriend it's about me and my girlfriend and uh what we were going to do, so you know, from there, I get a little bit better, so I've got quite a few books published, and they are I publish them. I had some people wanting my books, but I didn't want to pay them, <laughs> especially after learning how it all worked and going out firsthand experience and watching everything almost collapse, you know, so between an autobiography and a memoir, but people. You are the author of your own life story, and I do encourage you to write your book. And I've got a logo, or basically what's called an imprint, uh, when you're in publishing in a timely manner. Books, so we crank them out pretty quick. But these days, the minimum, just if you want to do something for yourself, is just start writing, a minimum of twenty-five pages. And Kindle's gotten where they didn't even want our content. Uh, uh, chapters written on the beginning it was really strange what we went through so you could read them on your uh kindle books or t- these uh, tablets so uh, interestingly enough we were having to send them in without content uh chapter listings things like that you just start reading and scroll through the kindle so i guess you 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 need to know what you're writing and why you're writing it and usually if you'll start with your own life story everything you've done and it's pretty much expected that by 50 years old that you've written your own book your author's book and that was the way I was trained growing up because people would say wait till you're 50 and I didn't get it I don't know if they were trained in school or if it was just the generations of the 60s 70s and 80s or what but I did finally get mine written but it was in I think I knew by 50 or 52 I think I wrote mine maybe by I was 52 but I'm still not satisfied with it so, we're always still living our lives, and it comes back to how you want to live in the now, because the past is the past, and the future isn't got here yet. So you live in the now, but what makes you want to live? We have to have hope and one thing about learning about depression, which I've learned because of so many of my relatives have died around me, and I just i don't know as a kid, I thought they'd live forever. But uh, until you've lost a husband and a child, you you know, younger than you, you're not supposed to bury your children. There's just no hurt, no pain like it, I tell you. So, you know, I haven't even written about that yet, and now it's in my past. But uh, anyway, uh, what kind of help do you think, if you were in a group of people meeting online, because we had meet-up groups like you had. I had one at the library we have a great meeting room here in Gulf Breeze and a great library can seat 35 to 50 people. We can put them, you know, at the desk or we can put them in a circle. But, uh, and we have places here i promote events. We have two a year, but they're more metaphysical, spiritual, new age. But uh, let's say you and I decide we want to have a weekly meeting uh, just to inspire others. You know, I guess first we'd have to take a survey and see if, if people are interested. but I don't okay. know. I, I want to grow something, and I've got plenty of websites out there, but I, I don't want to pay all the kind of money I've been paying in the past. Back when we thought we were all writers, now it's getting to be where you have to have uh, secure sockets, uh, SSLs on your domain name, so, but in order to help people listening on the genre self-help. Uh, maybe we should explain uh, transport layer sockets or how sockets work on your certificates, but that may be down the road. So maybe in order to help people, you want to start with us just telling them why they should have a domain. If they Or you think that's only if they're blogging or writing or selling. or I think they've got to start somewhere. So this should maybe be talk, live talk shows, self-help 101 or something. Help me platform this or get it organized with you being a writer already. you know What can you say that you'd like to have people listen to your first radio show? Because we can do these blog shows or these talk shows for two hours and put them on our websites. And probably, if nobody listens to them but you and me, at least we can learn about ourselves, David. <laughs> <It's
2: okay. laughs> what, would
1: you, what would you tell us, you and me, learning to write together but – Not just doing it by myself, but having you critique or me critique you or edit each other. You know, I told you how we used to do that in law firms. Even law firms may be great people, but as uh, professionals, we still had to check each other and find things. You think you got it right. You know, you think, oh, I would never do that. that, But now with Grammarly on your computers – You know, here could be H-E-A-R or H-E-R-E. I catch things like that there. T-H-E-R-E on my clients. I catch T-H-E-R-E, you know. And uh, some of these people, they're so cute. They think because they're on my radio show, they're going to be instantly famous. But, you know, people think they're writing a book. If they get it written, they're instantly famous. Well, they are an author. They're an accomplished author, so we give them that. But go ahead. How do you think and how should we start this, helping you and me and using maybe more tools than we've got,
0: but the resources we have. Got any ideas? Yeah, first of all, the simple process, you know, and looking over this thing, the writer, then there's a publisher, then there's a distributor. In other words, all of the steps that it takes to go through, you print, you write something, you edit it, you print it, and then somebody has to buy it. And that's the whole process from start to finish. It sounds easy, but it really isn't because, yeah, first of all, you have, like I said, you have to have a story to tell, and it has to be interesting because that's what's going to make people buy it, and you're right. There's a boatload of genres. There's science fiction, young adult, uh, and the list just keeps growing and growing. Now there's all kinds of, you know, self-help books as well, so on, you it really has grown, so you have to find that publisher that's going to fit that. Now, that's just one side where you're dealing with paper and ink. Now we've gotten into this with all of this technology. We have, you know, again, computers. everybody, Just about everybody has a computer. And what's out there? Websites. I mean, it doesn't make any difference if you're talking about Facebook or if you're talking about, hey, I have a domain name, and that's where, you know, you're trying to draw people to you. Well, that's an altogether different animal, and we could talk hours on that as far as that goes because you need to choose a domain name that, one, search engines are going to find fairly easy. Um, I have created domain names that are literally about the subject that I want search engines to find. And, I mean, at one point in time, I was managing upwards of 80 domains. Some were successful and some weren't.
2: Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay.
1: Sorry about that.
0: <laughs> it happens. Technology. It's a wonderful thing, or it can kill you.
1: <laughs> oh, so what happened? Uh, someone called in on the uh, computer on Skype and I couldn't answer it and then it it came because I'm using my computer on the show but uh, I wanted to let him know it's that John that uh, friend from California I guess I didn't get with him (laughs) Sunday but I've been helping him build his brand and he's writing a book so But we could talk about him for a moment because he got to know me five years ago. I don't know where you were in the conversation when all that happened, but I couldn't hear anything. So when you heard me come back on, for some reason it interrupted my cell phone. I'm on zinc, too. We should talk about that, shouldn't we, if we're going to do live radio shows? (laughs) Because uh, I've got the studio hooked up, and I've got my phone hooked up, and my cell phone hooked up, all three to manage this show. And so – You know, doing radio and podcasting is a little different than just writing books. But where were you in the conversation
0: when I so rudely
1: was Um, (laughs) attacked?
0: Websites uh, are—I was getting into websites and domain names are important because you want search engines to be able to find them. And oftentimes, I would create a web uh, a, a domain name. That literally was the name of whatever it was that I was after Um, because search engines do just that. They look for keywords, period. And if your domain name, you know, industrial documents, wasn't very strong of a name when it came to search engines, um, I would have been better off putting up technical writing and editing or self-help com That would have caught more uh, uh, showing up in, you know, search engines uh, and saying, oh, yeah, hey, look, you're somebody who does technical writing and editing and, and, and managing or whatever. And I've found that, you know, that's how you make success out of a domain name. Uh, John Doe just doesn't make it all the time. You know, putting up your name, using your own name does not know, normally work because nobody's going to know your name to start with. I mean, how would you find, you know, John Doe, book writer or publisher or whatever, if all you do is just put a name? That's simple. Nobody's going to know you. Whereas if you put up what you actually are doing, at, in other words, dot com. Uh, works really well. Uh, one of my customers uh, lucked out really. He's a, he's a jeweler and he has jewelry repair and design. The two things you know, that, or the three words that most people would flat out look for. Yeah, I got a piece of jewelry and I need to get it designed or I need to get it repaired. And so when they put that in there, his website comes up every single time. And it's always usually on top of the the list. So naming a, a, a domain name is is very important. You have to think twice about it, and then you also have to see if there's av- availability to it. Because uh, domain names are like a telephone number; only one person can have that domain name, just like you can. You know, one person can only have a specific phone number. So therein again becomes the you want something that people are going to be able to find easily.
1: Sorry. <laughs> live in a duplex. the lady next door we're not accustomed to having. We've been without somebody next door for a few months. <laughs> really upsets my dog, <laughs> David. So a domain is like an address, folks. And on the Internet, on the cyberspace highway, Where we all now live with our phones, whether we want to admit it or not, if you want to be found, if you're just an individual, sure, Facebook's fine. A lot of people dropped off of that in 2018, but uh, there's still plenty where that came from. Now, uh, what we're doing here, am I coming through okay, David?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yes, you are.
1: my goodness can you hear me
0: yeah you fell off the planet again there for a moment
1: i i did Uh, yeah (laughs)
0: it's learning
1: with this with this phone i'm talking on it says blog talk call in but learning on these domain names i don't know why but somebody else called me and it knocked me off so this zinking i'm going to have to learn folks i know that uh We all can't know everything, and I do things every day on the Internet and in cyberspace. I've got clients and customers and followers like everybody out there, but uh, I want to learn more of the technical aspects of what's going on, especially doing radio after eight years. I've been doing them, but I'm having more trouble now with with these new cell phones than I ever did before, and then a lot of my technicians around the world in various countries say it's slow because... Of this COVID-19, so many people are home, and especially during the work day here in America, it's really slowing down, even though I'm on 5G. So now we've got all kind of new things to think about now that we're using cyberspace, and we want to help you while you're at home how to make a living. Now, there's ways to do that. If you have your domain, you can have AdWords and AdSense, but you can also – something I'm going to try – which I never was willing to do because it's so much work, is set up affiliate marketing. And right now I'm mostly interested in software and how it applies to every day. But, you know, it's best to have a use for it. So if you want to sell things, you can sign up for things like eBay, which most of you probably already know about. Amazon sells books. I'm sitting next to people uh, in hospitals while they're working on their phones. And they're selling books or they're selling products from Alibaba in China or whatever. You know, if they're not playing uh, on Facebook, a lot of them just go sit and play Candy Crush. So I guess you can sit and play a game if you don't care about making money. But this day and time, if you do, let's talk about writing and making money at home with David L. Rivera. So, David. Now that we know that uh, we've got your name out, David Rivera, David L. Rivera, we can put your name out there if they know your name. And that's how I've I've worked mostly with people that people already know their names are looking for them. And they may not have good representation with keywords, hashtags now. But, folks, we went through helping back in the day creating Google and how you had to have so many words. So we used to sit around 5 to 25, 15, and we decided – Ten, All of us that were open source and helping out uh, create all these volunteer nonprofit associations, Wikipedia and uh, I don't know, you name them out there that created Firefox, you know, one of the browsers, one of the big nonprofits. And we still have nonprofits out there. WordPress is one of them. Matt Mellenberg, I believe is his name. And he uh, has Automatic. But, uh, you know, Jeff Bezos is the richest man in the world from Amazon. And you know we just started, we had no idea. you know this guy here just had a regular house living in a suburbia, and now he's the richest man in the world, off of just wanting to box up some books and send them you know sell crate books. <laughs> I remember when I had distributors of products and how we were going around the country and looking for you know distributors and then it was it was it was really odd, even they were hurting. So I've watched it all go, but I didn't have the foresight that Jeff Bezos did for Amazon. But uh, maybe we should talk a little bit about what we're doing here with podcasting and then get into videos. But people, I've seen a general progression, especially on YouTube. Now, you're not big on YouTube, although you've got a few. uh, You've got one channel, I think, or uh, one under your company, right, Industrial Documents. But that's your YouTube, right?
2: I've got
1: thousands. <laughs> but I've been doing it for years and years, throwing them up there on YouTube. But they've cracked down, too. A lot of the laws have changed in what you can and can't do. I don't know how it's going to work out from home, but when I was in Kentucky, I didn't have to sign up if I wasn't really selling things, if I was just a blogger or a writer and then selling my own books. But hey, are you up on the laws? As far as people working at home, I, I, I have a two businesses licenses here, David. Businesses, mm-hmm. <laughs> business licenses. <Yeah. laughs> it's like chicken <laughs> as we say. It really. Now. Okay. <laughs> You're going to kill me. It's on your on your radio show or your live talk show. So let's, yeah. Dave, let's,
0: well, I, let,
2: I think, let's yeah. let's
0: talk about business licenses for just a moment. Uh, okay. Especially especially, <laughs> those, especially those folks who are going to work from their home. Some cities okay. allow home-based businesses.
2: Others okay. want
0: you to go out and literally have a brick-and-mortar business. Uh, again, it depends upon where you live. You have to check with, you know, the, the city which you're, you know, you're living in. Will they allow you to have a home-based business? uh ah. is virginia is a very friendly you know home-based uh outfit because they look at it on one hand as you're already you know that you're already paying taxes on that property and now they want you to have a business that gives them a little more income
2: uh, and yeah. you
0: know you get to a point see i could get to a point where um If I start selling over, uh, you know, a certain level of of, of income as far as that goes, you know, then my tax rate starts going up on my business. And, Ah. you know, again, you have to look at the tax base of what every city charges, you know, a business. Um, Fortunately, and and I say fortunately for me is that my level has never gone up that I have to pay quarterly taxes. I just pay a a a flat fee uh, each year. So am I necessarily in a hurry to uh, start making more money? Eh, Not really. I'm comfortable staying under that because it affords me to make uh, enough money that I don't have to go into another tax bracket. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're looking for a tax accountant, you know, uh, somebody to help manage your, your money and, you know, knows a lot more about taxes than you do. So that has always been a, you know, a, again, I try to keep things simple so that I don't have to have, you know, uh, somebody to keep track of this, that, and the other thing. But since my well, wife is good at taxes,
2: guess who does my taxes?
1: Your <laughs> wife does your taxes? <laughs> no, so yeah. So good to have one. I don't have one. <laughs> well, all right, so – You've been paying your own. Uh, I guess we could use you for example because we've got your name and it's your show it's your business, industrial documents. But I'm trying to get you hooked to me. But you know, we're both independent contractors. I guess if we got into business with each other in a joint venture, but let's say right. that people are listening and they say, "Oh, make money at home. How would I do that?" So first, they need to check with their local where they where they are. So. It's always about location, 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 as we say in the old retail corporate business. But so they have to check and make sure where they are that they can have an Internet business. That means cyberspace online right here, World Wide Web, where you're going to own your own domain. And your domain name is like your address. But then you're going to need a host and a place. to. So that's sort of the place to host it. And then building a domain online is like building your website. So we say domain names, website, hosting, online, and email. We even have emails to match. So your host, you can have like TJ at TJ Morris Agency, although I don't use it. I still end up using Gmail. But I'm also paying for a director at UAP Associates because somebody picked that for me. And I bought it for 60 bucks or something for a year or two. So you know, you can buy them or they can come in your packages, but go back to location. You need to know where you live. Like, I live in Gulf Breeze, Florida, to use me for an example. However, because I run a domain and a website and have been a reseller and done radio and all that in Kentucky, I knew that I probably didn't have to have certain licenses, but others I did. So, I went and moved here and I checked and see if I could run a business out of a home and this is actually where I'm living it's a Gulf Breeze address but I'm in the county which is on the same street that runs right through the town but I'm out far enough that I'm in the county so tax wise city wise I guess I don't have to pay city tax but I have to pay for the county and state now, I don't even know Florida I haven't I guess they have a state tax I don't even know so these are things you want to find out right business web hosting but I have a business license, but I'm over 65, so uh, I get it for as long as I don't make over $1,500 for one of them, like for my my spiritual business. You know, I don't have to report it, but they do send me a letter based on what computers I've got in the county because I'm a registered business. So then I've got my radio show business, and that's a whole other deal. Now I'm still using the same computer, but You know, It's a different business, but they want to know what kind of equipment you've got. Now, I don't really understand that except for depreciation and taxes in a business. You may know that more than I do, but I haven't really had to worry about that yet except the files that they send me to fill out for small businesses. So there's little things you need to find out uh, that a lot of people may not even care about until it's too late. And I don't want to be like Willie Nelson and find out millions of dollars later that I owe yeah. all this money and they take everything. So go ahead folks and check about doing your home based business and check on your location. Make sure you can do it on a laptop from home. Or how do they do it? They still they have to have a home address. They have to have a place in case the state or the The IRS wants to serve you, or you can have, like I'm an agent of service for certain people. I can be served for their companies or their LLCs or their corporations if I'm their agent uh, of service for filing these papers. So the next thing, are you a sole proprietor, or do you want to do it? Like if David and I, I'm in Florida and he is in Virginia, we may want to do a joint venture online. But it depends on who collects the money in what state. If we do an event together, you have to check with the uh, what they call the venue, right? And right. that would be different if we all met at a meetup group, like you met at the library. But if you're in education, too, that's another thing. Check with the IRS. If you list with education and you're open source, and then you're working unincorporated with other people, which we do when we talk to people on social media, you know, we're just putting information up there for free. That people sell and make money off of. <laughs> Sounds funny, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> but we do. We give away our information. Now, venue is a place where something happens, especially if we organize anything. But I would like to meet once a year so I can meet David. So uh, we could say that we are helping people become better entrepreneurs, working at their home base. If they have a legal business license and Uncle Sam knows you're there. <laughs> but they know you're there anyway because of your IPC code. And that is another address talking about location. You are now an extension of your cell phone. <laughs> you want to talk a little about that, communication or you know, the definition because Wherever we go, there we are, and everybody knows it. That's dealing with this cyberspace. How do you want to deal with that? Because it's true, and we're not being conspiracy theorists. <laughs>
0: no, we're, we're we're not conspiring to do anything. Uh, we're you know we're guilty of being business people and entrepreneurs. Um, and the fact that like you say, this is truly in a sense open source we're not charging anybody anything over the air like this it's there to be listened to and learn from or and or enjoy whichever the case may be I mean we could be a simple radio station we'd be you know again having to deal with the uh, what is that the public domain which is again you know freedom of airwaves for everybody and yet <laughs> that's not what happens you have to deal with the FCC.
2: Uh, right.
1: I'm listed. And, and, I'm legal. He, <laughs> I'm, I have my FCC license listed. And every time I worked at a radio station, and now I own one. So I have my FCC license listed with the FCC. And then I pay a company to broadcast me called Blog Talk Radio. And I pay Shoutcast. Uh, you know, I pay Spreaker or Sp- Stitcher. I pay... Uh, Spotify, I pay all these companies for distribution, and iHeart picks me up. A lot of companies pick me up because I—they uh, didn't used to uh, back in the day. They wouldn't, uh, unless you had at least three hundred hours, which I do. But now, because it got so competitive in podcasting, some still make you pay if you want better service, and others—you know—if you how many it depends on how many gigs or how many. How many shows you're storing? Like I pay $85 a month at one place, 35 another, 45 another. And then I can get the whole shoot and match. Uh, some of them, like Spreaker, will send them out to 20 or so for you if you qualify. So uh, it, nowadays, podcasting has got easier. But on the other hand, it's, it's less expensive, but it's more competitive. So you don't know. So they've really gotten strict about the genres and talk show and music, right? So BMI, have, of course, and ASCAP, they'll monitor the music you're playing as people study on YouTube. You can't just put anybody's music out there anymore. You have to pay the people and pay the royalties. YouTube, on the other hand, right? Uh, everybody seems to have a YouTube, like you've got your IPC code in your phone. If you've got a phone and a computer, you've probably got a YouTube channel. It's a platform American online, and it shares uh well, it shares what you put out there, just like most social media yeah. I don't know is it it's a, considered a platform, and uh you know it's out of California, but now doesn't uh yeah Steve Chen, Chad Hurley, and Javid – Kareem opened up. Well, they founded it, but now they sold it. And now, does Google doesn't Google own YouTube? It
0: does, or Microsoft Google, right? own I'm YouTube? I'm not sure. I'm not sure who owns it anymore. I mean, you know, that's that's one of the problems is that uh, it, it's kind of like you know, field of dreams. If you build it, they'll come. Uh, you build a monster, you know, anything, and you sell it. Um there's a there's a gentleman when I was living in Colorado his whole lifestyle was based on one thing. He would find a niche in some bill in in some industry that nobody was doing anything with and he'd build a little company and he'd build it up and build it up and build it up until it got the attention of the rest of the uh, of that particular industry and somebody would say you know, this guy's doing something nobody else is. We can't stand the competition, so they'll buy his company. And that's how he would He was on a five-year plan. He would create a business and sell it every five years. And then, you know, as soon as he sold that one, he's already on to the next business in some other industry. And I watched him do that several times. Working at, 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 in part as one of his employees and one of his in one of his businesses, um, I I into. A lot like the-
1: codes, you know, just like uh, uh, we all know the story of Facebook, with Mark Zuckerberg, right? Yeah. So yeah. he, but then the the guys with Google sold that. Uh, Mark Andreessen, I remember he sold it. And then look at PayPal was uh, Elon Musk. Of course, look where Elon Musk is today too, <laughs> but they knew a little more than we did, folks, and grew up where an environment where writing code was almost normal. They just happened to be geniuses at it. Can you imagine growing up where we learned that? I don't. I'd like to know about these these type of multi billionaires. They're all on the top of the food chain now, the top, what ten percent? I don't. I don't know. But if we're helping people on the bottom. It's like the money that in the U.S. they're cutting, you know, to help with the COVID-19 situation
2: that we're in.
1: Uh, and a comparing it to worse depression. I like to talk about bad things because I don't like to bring it into my life. But it's out there, folks. So if you're at home and you've got a phone and a cell phone or a cell phone that you can talk to people online, you can do what I'm doing if you want to pay the money. You know, everything costs. But uh, what I'm trying to do is build something that I can use my resources for people to pay less, and everybody together, we can you know, work together on certain topics on certain nights. So David works on helping people, and uh, you're, not, you're not really into the speakers. Like I have a whole bunch of speakers, and I have a lot of agents, consultants, and organizers, but you're not organizing events. But you are in the technical and into the book. So I've got an author's club that I can promote events. So you would be fitting into, I guess, anything that we want to write, that we want to edit. and But aren't you going into producing too? Aren't you going to help people well, set or edit events?
0: Well, I help them with well, – I, I wouldn't necessarily say events. Um, it's oftentimes – the producing that I do, um, and the book—you know—I say book publishing, but oftentimes I will send them to uh, if they've gotten to that point. You know, it's like okay, it's it's written, it's been edited, you've got a good product. Again, it's you know, are you going to self-publish? I'll send them you know wherever they're going to go in self-publishing because again, there's a number, there's becoming more and more avenues, there's more and more distribution points. Uh, and companies that will handle again, certain uh, again, uh, almost like traditional book publishers. Depends upon the, the genre, but here again, the, there's ways to get out there and self-publish. But when you're a self-publisher, you're wearing all those different hats that
2: you, know,
0: you would find at uh, a book publisher for the most part. And then the same thing, true as I said earlier, you have to know who your book publisher is. So it it comes down to that very same thing. Um, But when I go to send somebody, uh, I don't really actually publish anything directly. Oftentimes I help somebody find a book publisher. So unless they're doing a a fairly small run of something, uh, something more local that they're trying to, you know, test the waters with, uh, then there's book, you know, then I can publish something small, but For the most part, I don't really want to get into, you know, and have to compete with, you know, big businesses that already exist that can handle a bigger uh, quantity than I'm willing to to deal with. I will do something that will be local and small in most Mm -hmm. cases.
1: Well, a lot of people are, like the younger kids are all on Instagram or Snapchat. You know, just trying to build their influence among their friends, I guess one might say, so they may grow up being great influencers, and the way television's changing, but uh podcast is up and coming, and it's only going to get bigger, folks, so if you want to do podcast, get in touch with <laughs> David or me, and uh, we'll try to get you on a weekly show, but uh You know, we can take this blog talk now, and of course it's going to be here for me because I archive. I happen to be an archivist and historian by nature anyway, not to mention an author and a publisher. But I didn't get into the animation yet, and I know that it was offered to me about five years ago from India to get into doing animation. But I've seen some artists that draw, and they do great animation. I like watching those on YouTube because they're creating a story telling you what you can do, right, from home base. So if you're an artist, consider, you know, what you can do at home and put up there for people for entertainment right now during this time. Uh, And there are great tools and technology to help you do that. But uh, once you get into business, I like to watch analytics and trending hashtags. And, you know, I'm I'm not – really, I think I've got on the Instagram TJ Marsh Reporter, but I don't really want to report anything. So until I get out and about, I won't be reporting anything on Instagram. (laughs) So I do report these podcasts I do on my Facebook. I have a lot of people for years, I'd say 12 years, didn't know I was in the radio because I never posted it. It was mostly like David said, for family and friends, right? But what happens is family starts finding out you do these things, and they're like hurt at you because they – I didn't know you did that. I didn't – you know, I've had a few family members come on here during a hurricane. My daughter came on, and my sister came on for a veteran's uh, 9-11, 2000 – you know, the 9-11. So only on certain occasions will people in my family come on, David. How about you? Uh-huh. What kind of talk shows would your people think about people you know that would want to do podcasting? You know anybody?
0: Uh, most of the people that I know that are into podcastings are again, connections through LinkedIn and they, again, much like what you and I are doing right now, other than some of theirs are, uh, written and they'll come to me and say, okay, is this a good, you know, is this a good program? Is this a good script? Basically. And I'll edit for them. And then oftentimes it's like, oh, yeah, that that works better than what I was originally going to say. So uh, in podcasts, yeah, some people that are written and others, they're more, you know, shoot from the hip type of thing. Uh, whatever comes out of their mouth at the time comes out of their mouth at the time. Uh, so it, it, oftentimes, you know, they, they don't have a you know, they might deal with a subject, and it'll wander wherever it's going to take them. Others are more <laughs> well, disciplined and have a, well, a full script.
1: Okay. So, yeah, we can make uh, MP3s. It used to be our MP4s, I guess, now with audio. I mean video. Uh, it used to be audio only and uh, podcasting yeah. our radio shows, and we can make commercials or infomercials and uh, run a little – stock music behind it or you know before after make you some infomercials too so we'll have to work up what we're doing at home and add to our uh, speaking tools and podcasting and uh, creating domains and websites and businesses for you and have some business analysts and some people do email marketing and I've never been one to do that it got to be where people if you send it out for one or more Unless they're really close and want to know something, it becomes spamming. And they made all these rules for spamming. So I don't suggest large, unless you're uh, working with people in a meetup group or some group that you happen to know the people. But you can't just do large mass marketing. Now, my friends on the corner in real estate still, I couldn't believe it they still do send-outs around here in Gulf Breeze and maybe other places in real estate. And they get people to rent their projects or their uh, quadru- quad- quadplexes or duplexes, right, based on the right. uh, mail-out. So uh, again, folks, I guess it depends on the kind of business you want to be in and if it fits your advertising scheme. Now, marketing and advertising is different from public relations. So since David and I aren't getting paid for this, this is public relations. This is costing me to talk today. <laughs> I don't know if that's smart working at home or not, but really, to tell you the truth, I've I've got this paid for anyway. I'm just using up some airtime that I've already got paid for. So, you know, it's not hurting me at all to get David out here on what a, a,
0: what, one of the things about uh, emails. And just to finish that off quickly, is is that you have to sign up for it uh an email and it must also have a subscribe in it anymore in other words yeah you just you know and this way you can avoid you know unsolicited email but this is what email has gone to for that very reason because somebody gets a hold of your email address and all of a sudden you're getting you know all of these ads from this that and the other thing you know from one business to another business. And you have absolutely no need or want or desire from them, and you can't get all. You know, and you're just wasting a lot of time having to go through your emails and delete all of these unwanted emails. So yeah, the the society and the nature of emails, you know, has gotten to the point. It's almost like you know the uh, do not call list. Uh, If somebody, if you, if yeah, you know, so if you're getting unsolicited emails from a business or an individual and they don't have an unsubscribe button on there, uh, you can certainly report them to usually a, a local city agency. Uh, sometimes not the post office, um, but you can certainly have it tracked down and say, you know, this is a spammer. This is somebody I can't get rid of. I don't know how they got my email address. and. There are organizations out there that will shut these places down. Um, I can't
1: think of the – Well, I think that's why so many of these marketing and salespeople in other countries have gone to LinkedIn, especially from India, because so many of them were were taught by Microsoft and AT&T. So many of these huge companies were over there for years until people started really complaining about their thick accents. And by the time they got customer service on the phone, they couldn't understand them. But uh, I've got uh, quite a few friends here in the States from India that own businesses, a lot of the Patels. (laughs) And my daughter works for the Patels here at Days Inn in Navarre where we have our conferences for people. But also I have quite a few friends. I talked to one today, and I met a new one today. So I won't mention their names, but they're friends of mine on LinkedIn. But uh, they also do the same thing that uh, David and I do. They help people in business and uh, get their books written and get their personalities out if they want to be a speaker at events. And, you know, they want to know what, do, how can they fit into our collaboration. And, uh, you know, I do blogs and podcasting and domains and speaking. And i uh reseller and I help influencers and publicists. So... You know, you, I pretty much do a lot of things that, just to help users generate business to themselves as personalities. And I've had some publicists uh, and people that uh, author books, a lot of book companies have to, I guess people pay for the 2500 thing with book publishers or something extra money to publish because it's a famous thing that unless you're, you know, like a Clinton, a president – or somebody like that, they don't want your books, you know, these publishers, because they're not going to. Now, you know, very seldom do you get somebody like the Harry Potter series. <laughs> yeah, those now, are, that you woman, know, I, that is a success story right there. <laughs> but, I don't you know, know that we that, can help you with that
0: kind of money. Yeah, but, you know, at the same time, it still comes when you look at her story. Yeah, you know, she shopped Harry Potter around to pretty much every publisher there in England, and they all turned her down. And she finally ended up with this, you know, shall I say, small publishing company who looked at it and said, yeah, sure, we can do this. And oftentimes, you know, there are people who say, oh, you know, and they go, oh, look, we should have done this. You know, all of these other publishers are going, we should have done this because look at the boatload of money. But the answer is, is that the reason those publishers that she went to and shopped around for turned her down was because in their minds, this is not something we do. This is not the kind of story we would publish. And that's why they gave her the pass. And sure enough, you know, some other little publisher gets it and look what happened. the whole thing sort of blew up in everybody else's face. And it's like, Dang, maybe we should have gone after it. You know, the idea of a dollar, like, uh, And you look at half of the, the, the you know, the the uh, rock and roll bands that were, you know, that came out in the 60s and 70s and so on. They, they all had that same story. You know, they went to one, you know, they they shopped around every record label, and somebody said, Nah, nah, we don't want that. And then some little small producer somewhere says, You know what? These guys got talent. We can do something with it. And next thing you know. There's the Beatles, uh, and every almost every industry has those kinds of stories where some little guy somewhere has some some pro, pro, you know, product, be it music or a book or whatever, and somebody says, "Yeah, we can do something with that," and that has been, you know, oftentimes the case with me. I will help somebody, and. All of a sudden, technology or that story or whatever becomes a relatively, you know, well-known book or something of that nature or a song or something. But yet, my name doesn't get associated with it because I only gave them, you know, they came to me and what, you know, it only took me an hour to do that part of the project that they needed done that solidified that product for them. Oh so, yeah, well, I, got, I, got, yourself, I got my hours worth of pay out of it, and <laughs> they made a boatload of money. Well, how
1: do they know how much to pay you for? Do you set a timer, or how do you gauge your time? Because people that are listening to us are going to, to know, well, okay, so they apparently edit books. I don't want to do that. But let's say they want to, I don't know, write music. Maybe they're a guitarist, and they want to get paid for their song. And uh, somebody says, "Okay, write me a jingle." And I need an infomercial for one minute into my podcast. And I don't—I'm ha- not a musician, so how would they pay them? How do they pay you? Let's get into how do they make money at home.
0: Well, I have an hourly rate, which varies sometimes from project to project. In other words. Um, Somebody wants uh, me to go through and, and edit a script because they're trying to sell a movie. There's oftentimes a, a differently hourly rate for that because, again, writing for that, you have to write a different format. Um, same thing for books. Um, poetry is also a little bit different because uh, it's a different type of writing. You know, Again, you're talking, you know, what's my time worth is really what it comes down to. And oftentimes it's sort of like I'm figuring out, okay, what's my light bill this month, and how much of of that electric bill is really pretty much on on me. So, like any other business, I have to have a good idea of what I'm paying out, and that's going to dictate how much I need to charge. Simply, you know, simply put. So oftentimes, and then it's also, you know, your experience, you're now paying the more you've learned to do things, you've picked up things along the way, uh, your time becomes more valuable. The fact that I can do something in 15 minutes that other people will take an hour to an hour and a half to do, and I'm willing to bill in that quarter of an hour, that oftentimes keeps the customer rather than chasing them off. Because some people will, you know, just charge a, a flat hourly rate. So if they get something done in ten minutes, they're charging that full hourly rate. And if their clients ever find out, to them, they sort of feel like they're being cheated. Well, unless you spell that out up front, yeah, I, you know, my work is, you know, so much an hour, and if I get something done in ten minutes or, you know, in an hour, you're going to pay the same rate. So I've learned oh. to, to bill quarterly. Uh, quarterly hours just because that's the way I work. In other words, I find and get things done quickly. And my customers are happy. And for that reason, I get a level of work that is comfortable for me, and it's also comfortable for my clients.
1: So what can you do in 15 minutes for $12.50? Is it more that you do an hour, uh, well, like that one, two, or three, or nine pages? I, I just grabbed a file to see what you could do. And you did a good job, folks. I mean, he did the basics because there was and I didn't even know what I gave him so I was shocked. But, you know, checking the the way that it's set up and it depended on what I was gonna use it for. But I think it just came off of some website template or something and I just downloaded it into my computer that was whatever it was on. I didn't pay any attention. But you yeah. know, but I you knew enough about the things in writing that most people don't pay attention to, especially in today's themes, when especially in WordPress. We just, nowadays we have blocks and we, you know, in our websites we do widgets and there's various, there's talk folks that using templates, but now they're getting us away from what we used to do and just putting it, making it so easy. People are using, uh, they say, well, I don't know what you know. And so they'd rather go pay and, and buy a, Simple little monthly Wix or some simple thing like that, so they can just cut and paste it over. They don't do what we did as edit- editorial anymore or working. But uh, you know, I've got a lot of different companies. It depends on what you need and the people. So let's say that they don't. They just want to do a simple domain. Now you've got a company, but you you're known for software checking out software for people. As well, and you found some ways to just the cheaper software, and I guess that's what we ought to make some videos about, is uh, our podcast, you and I, is grow a group of people that we can trust. You know, LinkedIn is a funny oh. funny thing. You can meet people all day there, and they're all doing basically the same thing, and they're all looking for other people they can make money with, and outsource, or grow if they can't do it. But, you know, they're not Ogilvy or or Disney or, you know, any of the big groups, Oracles or, you know, any of the big companies. These are just individuals that may represent another company. But let's say you and I start looking at software, and if you recommend it, you're going to just bill them out. Okay, well, I'll bill you. I I don't know if we should just tell them a minimum. What should people do at home? It's up to them. If they say, well, I work for, let's say, 35 an hour because I'm at home and I'm right out of school, otherwise I have to work directly for GoDaddy I don't know, you know what I'm saying you can work directly for a big company at home now, or you can just start working for yourself but I want to grow some entrepreneurs at home that say okay TJ, I heard you and David talking and I've got something I'd like to write or should write, and then can you help me get it formatted me or David or both of us together making a project, but then we'll Neither one of us do graphic design, so we'll have to hire a graphic designer and let you know what that's going to cost, unless you can load it yourself direct. And that gets a little complicated, even for me, because yes. sometimes sometimes my book covers fit and sometimes they don't, David. And that's when you start getting to pixel counting and size. So uh, we ought to come up with some kind of study or survey, but we don't know, right? We can, of software we can put out there, are either write it, or build it, and figure out what people need. You work with musicians, I work with musicians. Now, a lot of people are coming to me now, want me to help them edit what they've already done, or they've, they've taken their phones out, but they don't know how to edit properly, or they want to put their business uh, information inside their infomercial, you know, things like that. So, yeah. you know, there's all kind of things we could do, but we want people to do it for themselves, so You think we should do podcast 101 or help them learn their domain? or We can help them get their blogs going if they have the time. Nowadays, people have more time at home. I don't know if you want to talk about blogging versus podcasting versus Vimeo or YouTube, but I see them doing a little bit of everything. I don't
0: know. I'll let you talk Um, for a minute. Again, it comes down to what somebody wants to do. I mean, I typically, uh, for the way back when I took radio and television production, there was a joke uh, that was often heard and used where somebody says, yeah, I have a face for radio. And what that meant was is that they didn't have a very pretty face, but they had an excellent speaking voice. And so, therefore, you know, you, Buddy, should stay, uh, you know, in, in radio as opposed to getting yourself in front of a camera. And some people just aren't as, photo, you know, photogenic as, as others. And uh, so there's there's something to be said for that as well. And this is oftentimes when you look at newscasters and reporters, uh, you know, typically we use that phrase, uh, you know, the beautiful people. Um and yeah, there's a certain amount of of that that goes on in you know in television broadcasting and radio as well, and, you know. And as they say in radio, you don't have to have a pretty face; you just have to have a pretty voice. Uh, so yeah, that was always the running joke whenever we you know we'd run into somebody else in the industry. Oh
2: yeah, you've got a
0: you've got a you've got a face for radio. Um, yeah. So here again, you know. I'm more camera shy than anything else. I don't mind speaking, you know, on the radio necessarily because I've been told, yeah, you've got a fairly good voice. And there again, in doing a blog, you have to be kind of an actor. You have to kind of know where and when to raise the pitch in your voice or lower the pitch in your voice to bring certain accents because you're still having to make it entertaining. And if you just, Don't have an entertaining voice, and you can't talk, and you can't tell the story, you might, you know, blogging or, you know, might not be for you. So here again, uh, and there again, the more you practice it and you become better at it, the less time you have to spend editing, so on. You start cutting your production costs. That's one of the other things that goes into my pricing is how much production time I have to spend on doing any given product, whether uh, that project is uh, editing somebody's story or poetry or the time I'm spending looking for somebody else to maybe do just that the graphics or to do the artwork. Um, here again, that becomes part of my, my price for somebody. Uh, in doing a project, the other thing that I would tell people also, if you're going to be a writer, you have to negotiate a price with that book publisher when you get to that point. And so, how do I know what my, you know, what what sh- what kind of price should I go after in my book? And the answer is, you say to yourself, okay, I think my time is worth thirty thirty dollars an hour. So you basically keep a, a time card of, okay, I wrote for three hours today, so that would be $90 of it. I wrote four hours yesterday and how many hours every day? And you keep track of it, just like you would a time card. And then you multiply that at the end when you've got that story done and you say, okay, uh, I spent $2,800 on writing my story as far as my time was concerned. That becomes important to then negotiate a price with a book publisher because a book publisher wants to do everything they can to lowball that writer because they're in the job of making money. That's their business. They just happen to do it by printing books. So, yeah, they're looking to cut their overhead as much as possible, just as anybody would, and just so that they can also turn around and get the biggest part of of the profit that they can. That's the name of the game making money well the
1: companies that are calling if they know you've got a book or you're interested that most of them are going to be working for companies and that whether they're doing websites or are selling things or if you're interested in a book or writing your own book they're going to you're going to start getting calls especially in today's algorithms and the way they're tracking you from your cell phones watching and getting up what you're going to it's getting to be more and more like China, of course, China's already got it set where if you lay your phone down, they want to know how much time you're not using your phone they want to, they literally are doing this folks in China, where you are judged now uh, by your credit your credit scores on how much time you're spending on the phone, how much is you're keeping it uploaded, your battery up, they can tell everything where you go, what you do with your time, as to what credit you're going to get, and now due to I guess the Bill Gates and Melinda Gates, whether good or, or bad, uh, that's the jury's out for the entire world. So we see down the road because they, you know, were interested in. We call them do-gooders on the planet, but uh, they were interested in helping the world and went to Africa and saw things. So you can follow that on YouTube. But then they got into this inoculation, and here we are now, what twenty, forty years later, after we all are into Microsoft and him making tons of money. Of course, he's been beat out by Amazon. You know, but uh, the thing is They got interested in helping In the medical world And helping all these starving children Or women that were having They got into controlling uh, The population And helping people save their children That they already had So now we're all looking, you know Long term is Well, they make the problem Or see a problem and make the solution But they still tend to gain From the, uh, they're going to help the people in these countries not just africa but india now with those little you can look all this up this is public knowledge on youtube uh where they they stamped them like the uh in uh nazi times where they had those numbers on the jews which i still don't know what those were for i don't know if you did, but there's a good book for you but comparing that with what they're doing to everybody in the countries that they did not like americans you know we're privileged here we and we're born, we have a birth certificate, and we're given a social security number, which sort of shocked me because when I was growing up, I didn't, you know, I had a birth certificate. I am I can look at it right now. I keep it near me now because of Homeland Security. I had a time going from Kentucky to Florida. You move from one state to another, you're going to find out what a country and why your information is so important. But in other countries, they don't have that. So they don't have a birth certificate. So, you know, they don't, really have decent names or ways to keep up with inoculations or so i guess if the gates are going to put money into these people and these babies they want to know where their money's going to save these beings so it's almost like they're marking them now and as far as you can look it up uh, these little tiny snap little needles that are going to inoculate all the babies born and inside them have other codes too and i haven't Uh, There's some YouTubes out there Just follow Bill Gates Or Bill and Melinda Gates Or all of that And look into it Because that's the wave of the future Everybody being born Is going to belong to somebody Or somebody put money into them Or save their lives with their country So the people with all the money Can go into these countries And line up all the people here David and I are just talking about you Being here in America Writing your own book You can be in another country. I know you guys listen to me. I don't know if you'll find me on self-help, but this is just one of many talk shows I'm going to do to help other people. But, you know, we're supposed to be privileged and ahead of the curve here in America. That's why I asked Dave in the beginning, was he proud to be an American? Because we have a lot of things going on to be alive. So there's no reason for us to sit home and not be doing something, especially in cyberspace when we're basically the country that created it. As far as I know.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I think both of us are of that generation of you know we just don't sit around. I mean, my grandfather was the same way. I mean, he was always busy doing something, even though he was retired. You know, you'd say, "Oh yeah, I'm retired." He got out of the TV repair business, and you know, okay, and he retired, but he still did you know projects around the house. He would do this. He would do that. You know, he you know, he was always doing something, and that something was usually always productive. You know, I say I'm retired, but yet, uh, let's put it this way. Uh, I'm retired from all of the, the businesses that I, you know, I first started out working in my grandfather's TV repair shop. And then, you know, and, and I've also learned, you know, I was also working, you know, sometimes as many as two and three different jobs at a time. Just because I could and sometimes because I needed to, you know, again, it was, you know, sometimes need versus, you know, want. I always learn new things along the way with every industry that I worked in. So, yeah, at this point in time, it's like, you know, so what if I'm retired? I mean, I'm still running a business. So, but I'm also of that philosophy of if I can't have a good time doing what I'm doing, then it's time to find something else to do. So I'm oh, yeah. always, you know, I So like I mean, that. yeah, I will, I will, you know, I will joke and kid around a lot about what I do and uh, because it also takes pressure off of the job because I'm also that firm believer of if you enjoy what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. And I learned that a long time ago and I go, my gosh, it's true no matter what job somebody gives you if you can't find fun in it then it's time to find something else to do and i've always yeah, followed those, we those have two
1: seconds
0: i'm sorry go ahead perfect philosophy if you're going to work you know and that's just it i don't believe in work i believe in doing a good job number 1 and i also enjoy you know i have to enjoy it But then again, I've worked for, you know, bosses that would go out of their way just to make that job miserable. And I'd still find, you know, fun and humor in it. And it would drive that boss up the wall. And that sometimes was the thing that would change it. Okay, he doesn't want me to have fun with it. And it's going to, okay, fine. I'm going to do this and have fun with it and just watch him, you know, drive that person up the wall. And then after a while, they finally stop and they say, Oh, I'll just let him do whatever he's going to do. <laughs> and then it makes it it much better for everybody else. I was working with, you know, and that's just it. And you talk about, you know, teams, which we talked about a little bit a while ago. Uh, yeah. I'm also a firm believer of you put people who know what they're doing, how they're going to do it. They almost know, you know, uh, As we say, they finish each other's sentences for each other, you know. That's teamwork, where you know what the the person that you're working with is going to do and say next. And you don't have to sit down and hammer out a plan because you've already done it. And you do it over and over and over and over and you become, you know, basically that well-oiled machine in the process.
1: Well, I've got people that want me to help them free. And I guess this is free, helping people on uh, listening, whether you want to make money at home or not. But uh, if you want to just get on Google Chrome Store and look what all they've got, you know, you can look at all the apps, just like the kids do GitHub, GitLab. uh, I don't know what you guys look at uh, Google Keep, Google Calendar, Outlook 365. You know, just look at what they've got out there, not just the games, but things to do to help you. There's uh, different ways you make money with uh, Google and Outlook and Google Docs and podcasting. And um, put all that together, and then maybe you'll find some, you know, uh, stock music and some stock photos you want to put together on YouTube or on your Wiz or Wix or whatever. They have free ways to make videos out there. But, uh, you know, if you decide you want to get some help, then come to us or join our little club or whatever. But uh, I'm going to start learning more, and I think I enjoy learning, so I'm going to always be learning. So I'm going to be on here, and uh, we're getting close to the meeting time, but I've got a tracking time button uh, on my radio show, and then we can put it in procti- Productivity. Now, you can get it at your uh, extension at your Chrome Web Store, and I suggest a lot of my friends are using Zoom, Scheduler, Office, uh, Google Translate. Those are the top ones on your Google Chrome Store. But start getting familiar with what so many of us around the world are doing. It doesn't matter if you're not working, if you're not doing podcasts, if you're not blogging. You can go to Blogger, sign up for a free Blogger just to get your uh, writing chomps on, just brainstorm. You don't have to write anything in particular and go back and look at it. You can edit it right on Blogger. But Google has helped a lot of people get into the Internet, and there's all kinds of tools to get you involved. So look at all the free stuff. And then when you start wanting to make some money and getting good at it, and then you can also be, like I said, a, an affiliate, or you can join our group for training. We're going to have webinars and training classes. And uh, help you on Skype. Skype is free. Of course, I pay. I say six thirty-five or twelve come out a month because I talk to people around the world. But you don't have to have a phone number. But uh, come look and see what other people are using in their resources, and if you need it, and then you can. I've got a Patreon account, uh, and you can make you one. If you're an artist, author, radio show host, domain as P A T R. R O N Patron they call you a Patriot or Patreon customer. Uh, put what you do on there. Yeah, P A T R O N. And it's uh, for me it's patreon.com dot com forward slash join forward slash and I use Teresa with J Mars because there were so many Teresa Morris's. I found out that traveling the world and going to casinos <laughs> for twenty years. So lots of Teresa Morris's. And uh, hopefully someday I'm going to learn to be a comic. We may have it where I have one show a week or if I get brave enough where you can do stand-up comic. Because it's not easy being a comic either, but you never know when you want to go to a show. But we don't have one of those. We didn't have them in Kentucky either, but where you can go do some stand-up comic. What would you call that, David? Let's say get you are in, you're in theater, weren't you?
2: <laughs>
0: well, I was at Stagecraft, and I would – Eventually I, I would do more I started getting to the point where I was directing more and I would still work in the booth and do lights or whatever, which was mostly what I you enjoyed might doing the most.
1: Behind the scenes, huh? I like yeah,
0: I like the guy I, I wanna be the guy who shines a spotlight on somebody else and makes them look good. That's where the satisfaction comes from me.
1: Well, that's like being publicist for people out in California or New York, but also, if you just want to help writers, and then a lot of our people, just so you know, the events tie in. If you're an anime or a co- Comic-Con person or a paranormal person or a UFO person, see, that's how it ties into my radio. And I'm just going to tell you right now, there's something wrong with your picture sideways, and I didn't do that. The one you sent me, David, is sideways, and I can't get mm. it off of my radio show now. And I know you did. it looked straight up, but when it, it flipped itself, and I can't get it off. So these are questions you need in technical support, folks, but there isn't one at Blog Talk Radio. So when you hit the episode, I've erased it. And I took it down off of the show tonight. But if you see it right now, when I'm looking at my upcoming, it's got David's picture. I like the one with your beard and glasses. Is that older or younger?
0: You look good uh, that was older. Oh, I only had a mustache back then when that one was taken, that I used really? for my uh, profile picture on uh, LinkedIn.
1: That was older or younger now?
0: Which one? Well, it what? was. It was when I was younger.
1: Okay. Well, what's the one with the green? That you don't even have. That was today.
0: Faces? That was well, today. Well, you just
1: look younger now. That's weird. You just took that one. Yeah. That's strange, but you don't have any glasses or beard, but you don't. No, much... Isn't that weird? Yeah, but I guess that's for a yeah, lot of people.
0: I, well, uh-huh. I, had cataract, I had cataract surgeries son, so now I don't have to wear glasses when looking at things close up. Before I had to, because I was farsighted. Now they change, you know, they put these, these implants in the lenses that, you know, save me from having to wear my glasses, you know, 90% of the time. So, right. before I always had to wear glasses.
1: Well, folks, look at affiliate marketing because that's you can pick up whatever it is that you want to talk about on your podcast and then sell it on your domain. And if you want a domain, come to me or David. And uh, I'm gonna throw up some WordPresses, but Dave, I've got you on TJ Marsh Radio. I just threw that up. I, I buy domains and for fun, folks and. Create, but nowadays with the SSL certificates being so expensive, I can't have 75 to 100, and neither can most people unless they're mega rich. But I am going to keep a few names up just for marketing purposes or uh, what we call educational entertainment in my business because I do podcasting. But we're going into videos, and uh, I'm going to be doing webinars, and hopefully, David can come and do some for his industrial documents. Just to show what we can do, and uh, I I think we're going to get into some more videos too because that's what customers want. But I'm going to stick with David's. Uh, I'm going to run sixty an hour because I got to make a little bit off of him. But I'll throw his prices up on TJ Morris Radio. But most everybody I worked with made sixty to one hundred and fifty an hour. Janet makes one hundred and fifty, uh, and our psyche readings are one, two, and three dollars a minute, which I already told David. But we're going to get some. Co prices up there to see if we can't run a weekly talk live shows podcasting. And I bought that domain. I don't know if it's talk live shows or live talk shows. I bought one of them. But David, you're on uh, TJ Marsh com. You're also on TJ Marsh ET Radio and ACIR Radio. So I got you on the three brands that I own. And uh, of course, you're on com where this is live out of New York and, and reported immediately. But it will go on, give it about 10 minutes, it loads it, and then it puts it out, uh, Spreaker gets it about every 15 to 35 minutes for most everybody, but within 30 minutes or so, you'll be up on YouTube, you're going to be on the, um, YouTube, now my American Communications Online is my reseller account, but that's the one you'll be on that matches Spreaker is my company, because right now, I don't want to pay more money to all these channels, but, uh, You'll be on American Communications Online Broadcasting, David, and any of your customers that want to make a uh, live podcast. But tell them it's uh, 60 an hour is our normal charge unless they want to go on my Patreon and support me monthly. And I think there's some okay. kind of discounts on there. But uh, you get get half off because you're the partner with live talk shows. But go to ACO Radio, folks, and see David. It's under, uh, what is it, talk Oh, talk shows live. My brain just kicked on. So I uh, remember seeing David's picture, believe it or not. David El Rivera, folks, helping us with his company is Industrial Documents, and we're going to be writing money at home business and doing some 101 classes. And as we find some good affiliate partners, we'll let you know, because I only want to have people in David and my, our ACO Professional Association, but the ACO is for American Communication Online, folks if you wonder our aco club and then live talk shows and uh we'll start running some It may be easier for people to come on here and get their um you know radio or their club or their books or their meetup groups or their events or uh you know even whatever they're doing you know i'm a type jockey but i like to type but i I do the radio as a side gig I got for doing events and writing infomercials. I was writing commercials, folks, for radio shows and got into doing my own music and radio and running my own recording center in Kentucky. But I'm starting all over again. So, Dave, you did a good job. You do have a good radio voice. And uh, if you will, just uh, post this, and let's see if we can't work together. Listen to it, and we'll figure out. If, would you like to come back next week or another night or you want to just do one a month or you want to see how this goes or
0: I know you're let's see how how this goes Um, because like I said I got a house to rebuild and all of that so I have to deal with those folks and they're only during the day which means I'm not going to sleep for days on end
1: yeah well if you have that you you start marketing and you're getting people that want to do shows just let me know because we okay. can do those at, we can record them at any time if day or night okay. and we can record ourselves any anytime twenty four hours a day. Dave and I are both sort of late night people anyway. I don't know if you want to call it a sleeping disorder or not, but anyway, uh when you work internationally <laughs> on uh radio and uh helping people with their businesses and writing and uh, get audio and video, you pretty much have to be available to all countries 24-7. So a lot of us that have gotten to be in cyberspace, folks, we're working 24 hours a day. That's your technical support people helping you get your domains back up and get your radio and podcasting going. So just let us know what if we can do it. We're here to assist you. So meet me back here. I'll be here Thursday night with – psychic readings, and people, it's like a Dear Abbey, and it's a lot of fun, and we record those on Thursdays, so I'm recording Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays for fun, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday for people that have their own businesses, so let me know what you want to do, David, and we'll get you started up here, and uh, how long, you don't know how long your house is going to take, it may be all summer, so you're on a a, a call. six,
0: Six to eight months.
1: Oh my. So 2020, you're just going to have to work, fill in part time helping other people then with your, unless they're steady customers, right? On an hourly basis.
2: Is that wow. right? Yeah.
1: But you got to get your new equipment set up. Well, think about doing podcasting and YouTube okay. and editing and get back in touch with me and we'll. Get some more business, but at least I've got you on ACO Radio, and I'll put you a spot. I'm building that ACO Association, and I'll keep you up as a technical and uh, okay. technical support in re- writing and editing, and let people know. So, folks, I guess that's it. David, any last words other than edit, uh, look up what's your company again? Is technical documents right? Or wait, is that wrong?
0: Industrial oh, documents. <laughs> My co- the company is industrial documents.
1: <laughs> well, it's close, no cigar, but all right, all uh, right, and then we'll get to we'll try to figure out how to be more fun folks, and we'll write you some infomercials or do some one minute m p threes or fours you can stick on YouTube. I'm sure David you'll be good for that, so just let me know who who and what you need and when we'll be right here, all right, at least come back once a month if not you know when you're doing your show, just book some time, and we'll do another one, maybe an hour and sell an hour to somebody else.
2: <laughs> okay. okay.
1: Take care, David. This will be uh-huh. ready for you to download and put on your industrial documents, folks. With David Rivera. Good night, David. Good night. Good night, John Boy. We're here.